Broadcasting from behind the Second Amendment Iron Curtain in the shadows of the New York City skyline, this is Gun For Hire Radio, the voice of one million New Jersey gun owners, with your hosts, Sandy Berardi and Master Firearms Trainer, Anthony Calandra. Hi, from the land that freedom forgot, the most listened to Second Amendment broadcast in the nation. Welcome to it. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, before I introduce our guest, just I guess you all know that uh, last week we just saw another large uh, redistribution of wealth in our country. You know, I'm barely a high school graduate, and I didn't get any of my student loans absolved. So I would just like some money for some weed and some ripple if I could get it. <laughs> but uh, I guess not. But, you know, we can't call the uh, the Democrats uh, socialists anymore. They're just straight up communists and uh uh, we're in a banana republic now, but obviously we have our own fight here in New Jersey, which is a big fight. But we're, we're blessed in New Jersey because we have a great uh, team of two-way activists and attorneys and uh, donors and supporters and, uh, you know, just great gun people overall. And uh, today, without further ado, two-way attorney extraordinaire Dan Schmutter... The entire show is his. If you had sent me questions and emails and letters and scenarios, if we do not get to them today, I apologize. I will address them uh, next week if possible or send more. I don't care. We'll, we'll, we'll get to them. But I want to give Dan as much of the entire hour as possible, and he's going to try to answer all of your questions, comments, and concerns. So without further ado, Dan Schmutter from Hartman Winicky in Ridgewood, New Jersey. Dan, take it over. Hey, guys, thanks for having me back on the show. Hey, thanks mm. for being here. You can come on every other week, Dan. I, I demand to be on every single show. Does that work? <laughs> that's that, fine. Uh, yeah, that works fine. That's fine. We that's can fine. go away. We fine. can go on vacation. <laughs> we can do all kinds of shit. I will do the entire show by myself. Yeah, Please. Just get, me the, just get me the equipment, and I'll, uh, you guys good. can just go, we're, we're, go enjoy yourselves. Go to the beach. Just wait yeah. for the FedEx package now. Yes. <laughs> I'm sending everything to you. <laughs> <laughs> so, so unfortunately, guys, I have to open with some not great news. Okay. Um, we just heard from the Court of Appeals for the Third Circuit in the magazine case. We were hoping to keep the case up at the Court of Appeals and have asked the Court of Appeal, and we asked the Court of Appeals to decide the case on the merits right now. Um, the state was urging them to send it back down to the trial court, the district court. Um, and unfortunately, we got a 2-1 ruling today that the uh, Third Circuit decided to send it back down to the district court. And what that does is it just adds another layer of delay mm-hmm. uh, and cost. Uh, yep. you know, and so unfortunately, you know, now we're back at the district court. We have to do that all over again. Um, we'll probably end up back at the uh, the Court of Appeals. You know, whichever way it goes, somebody's not going to be happy. So, you know, it's unfortunate. We, we, were, uh, we were urging the court to not... Um, uh, you know, uh, give in to the state's uh, request to add more delay and cost. Um, and it was a 2-1 decision. Um, we got a, dis- a very nice dissenting opinion from Judge Paul Mady, um, and he agreed with us that it, there was no reason to send it back down to the trial court. You know, the, 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 the usual, it is very typical for when something comes down from the Supreme Court, um, uh, to for the for the court of appeals to send it all the way back down to the trial court. Now, that's not unusual. It's actually quite typical. The problem is, in this case, it's not necessary, and there's plenty of precedent for not doing that where it's not necessary or appropriate. And I think we made a very strong case that it's not. Uh, but you know, uh, the court did what the court did, and so we have to live with it. And so we'll you know we'll fight the fight down at the district court. Um, but uh, it's disappointing. I mean, they really, you know, our, our feeling was they should have done the right thing here and, and, and just kept it, decided it, and, uh, you know, to, to, but that, look, that, that's, that's life. Um, now, what do we we'll, face uh, we'll at the it. district? What do we face at the district court? Is it one judge? Is it a panel? Yeah, it's the it's the you know it's the it's the it's one judge. It's the original uh, trial judge that heard it uh, the first time. Uh, he gets it back. Um, uh, but he gets it back under a new set of rules. He gets it back now under the rules from the Bruin decision. And so, you know, in a sense, in a sense, uh, well, he's not starting from scratch because there is a record. Uh, so it's not like it's not like it's, it's not like we're starting, you know, uh, with a blank slate here. There is a, a, a record, and there is uh, a favorable record, um, in the sense that 
um, we think that the, some of the findings that the court made the first time around are very very helpful to us. So you know we're gonna we're gonna the, the, the court is presumably gonna reach out to us at some point soon to you know we'll probably have a conference. The court will probably want to know how the parties think the case should proceed, and we'll and we'll go from there and we'll you know, develop our strategy as to what the what the right way to, to move this forward is, and we'll move it forward. Uh, it's just disappointing that we're we're that we're uh, we're 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 going to be doing this in a in a court where we really shouldn't have to be. Uh, but you know, as you know, you know, as as it's a slog, it's a marathon, and we're we're going to continue fighting. I mean, there's, there's no there's no there's no question or option. We're going to keep we're going to keep this moving, uh, and uh, you know, we we like our chances. Um, you know, we think that uh, you know. Well, you, we've talked about this uh, you know quite a few times now about how we think Bruin gives us some very very good. Uh, tools and um we're gonna uh you know we're going to uh bring those to bear uh in the district court on this case so you know we'll see what happens um you know when there's a development you'll you'll certainly uh you know, hope you'll have me back to talk about it and uh we'll see we'll, we'll go from there well i think after the euphoritic win with bruin with carrie in new jersey we thought we were just going to knock all the dominoes over but this is a, a way to humble us a little bit and regroup i guess right well, the lawyers didn't think that. You know, we, I don't know. I don't know whether I don't know who thought that, but I did. That, that, it doesn't actually ever go that way. Gotcha. This is this is look. We saw this. You know, we saw this stuff in the civil rights movement in the fifties, after Brown versus Board of Education. Yeah. yeah there was right. massive resistance. I mean, massive resistance, and it took multiple additional decisions by the Supreme Court to finally, after years, um, get the get put in place what the court ruled in 1954 in Brown versus Board. It, it, it took years of trying to beat back the extraordinary resistance uh, uh, to the case, to the decision. So, look, we're seeing it in New York. We're seeing it in New Jersey. And we're going to see more of it in New Jersey, you know, in the coming months. Um, this is, you know, it's we're, we're up to the task, but it's more, there's more fighting going. There's more, there's more fight that has to take place. Um, um, but as I said, the tools, we've got much better tools uh, right. at our disposal now. And so we, we like our chances and we like what the road looks like ahead. We just got to, we got to slog down that road and, you know, it's going to be time consuming. It's going to be difficult, but you know, we're, we're ready for it and we know what, we know what's ahead of us. I mean, we've already got a preview. Like I said, we've already got a preview with what New York is doing. Um, and they're doing everything they possibly can to avoid, um, of the Bruin decision, but you know, ultimately that's the law, and they're going to ultimately have to live with that. Um, the question is, when are they going to when are they going to be brought into compliance? And we'll see. Sure. You know, same thing with New Jersey. Same thing with California. You know, all these states are are uh, sort of, you know, they don't know what to do with themselves. Um, you know, they're 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 sort of they've lost their minds uh, because I think their their loss in Bruin was so substantial that they've really kind of lost their minds. They're trying to figure out what can we possibly do. To stop this, just like the southern states in Brown, after Brown versus Board of Education, they couldn't believe it, and they were they lost their minds, and they and they went you know off the deep end in nineteen in the nineteen fifties, and the same thing is kind of happening here. So we're, we'll we'll deal with it. We're prepared. We know what to do, uh, you know, and we just have to wade through it uh, and uh, you know, get to the other side. Should we expect like uh, the governor to stand outside Anthony's range with a fire hose? Uh, or, 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 or maybe German Shepherd dogs, or something uh, you know, like you know. I, I, who knows? Who knows? Isn't it I interesting think, that it's the I think, same I think the analogy, group of people? I think right? the anal- I think the analogy is so um, apt. Yeah, um, it's the same thing. Yep, it's the same, same thing. people, and, same and, same group of people, same thing. You know, so I, I, I just uh, look. We'll, we'll we'll see. We'll see. Um, I, I I don't. I there's. It's, I think it's other than other than the fact that the governor. You know, uh, at his press conference on June 24th, the day after Bruin came out, um, other than the fact that he gave a laundry a wish list, a laundry list of things he'd like to do, you know, who knows what they're going to do? Uh, other yeah. than, you know, I mean, obviously we know we know that that's on his agenda because he, he told us. But you know, there's all kinds of stuff. They, 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 these people are very creative. Um, they're very smart, and uh, they'll come up with all sorts of ways to mess with the constitutional rights of uh, of gun owners and, and people who want to be gun owners. So. Uh, you know, we'll deal with it. We'll, 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 we'll field those line drives as they come. You know. So, and, Dan, uh, um, let me ask you a question. Where did you grow up? I grew up in the Bronx, New York. And when did you move to New Jersey? How old were you moved to New Jersey? I moved to New Jersey uh, after law school. So I moved to New Jersey in 1991. To northern New Jersey, right? Yep. So is it Taylor ham or pork roll? 
in in my experience, it's Taylor ham. Okay. But, what do you, what do you but, put on your Taylor ham? What's your choice? Because I know you're, you're a foodie like me. So when I'm when I'm doing Taylor ham, mm -hmm. it's Taylor ham, egg, American cheese. And any that's any it. condiments? No, salt and pepper. That's it. Thank you. I don't, yeah. Okay. You know, all right. But you, look, man. but look, I'm not an authority on this. I didn't grow okay. up here, so I know. You know well, but but still, you want to you want to ask you want to ask me about pizza? I can talk pizza. You want to ask me about bagels? I can talk bagels. <laughs> so I um, yeah. because I've I've I, 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 bagel is good too. I stirred this up and uh, I've gotten a ton of emails. John Petrolino puts egg uh, puts yeah, ketchup Petrolino, on his pork roll, egg and cheese. You're, you're losing. I got his he email. Said, you're losing said, your Italian card. He <laughs> said, "Fight me." <laughs> uh, also, Dr. Jerry Optoff puts uh, mustard on his Taylor ham and cheese sandwich. Where with to, no A. I'm yeah, sorry, doctor. Yeah. You're gone too. And it's, well, I'm it's, going to tell you something, uh, Sandy. One time I had Taylor ham and cheese on a, on rye bread, rye yeah, toast yeah. with mustard, and it was actually very good. Was it really? Yeah, it was very very good. It might be. All right, doc. Maybe. I have, wait, wait, wait. I have, I, have, I have no claim to be. I have no claim to be able to speak authoritatively <laughs> on Taylor ham or pork roll. Um, although you know who has very strong opinions on this, Napin. Now I know. Very strong. Yes. You know, but I got so. like Chuck Mueller says Taylor ham, egg, cheese, salt, pepper, and ketchup, bitches. Salt. All right. <laughs> yeah. Rich, Rich Ford. Okay. Rich Ford, tell all them pork roll clowns when they stop using Velcro, Band Aid, Kleenex, bubble wrap, and, and Q tips and start using hook and loop tape to tie their shoes and head bands for their little boo boos and cotton swabs to clean their funky ears. Then we will start calling it pork roll. Until then, it's Taylor, it's egg Taylor and cheese, him. salt, pepper, and ketchup, okay? <laughs> Southerners <laughs> like Sandy have no say in what really good food is. Oh, shots fired. There are, couple, there are a couple of things in the world that um, if you are from New Jersey, you definitely know about. And if you're not from New Jersey, you have absolutely no idea about So when did one you them, have one of, them is, one of them is Taylor Ham, and the yes. other one is the word Passaic. Passaic, yes. <laughs> so when right. did you... I, my office... You... My, yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead. Your office... Well, my, my office is on Passaic Street. My office is on Passaic Street in Ridgewood. And so I, when I have to give my office address, I can immediately tell if the person has ever spent any time in New Jersey because <laughs> they have absolutely no idea, number one, how to pronounce Passaic or, or what it is. <laughs> you know, if they're from outside of New Jersey, they're in, in, everybody in New Jersey knows what the word Passaic is. But if the, you cross over into Pennsylvania, they have no idea. Do you remember your first introduction to Taylor Ham or no? Uh, that's a good question. I I don't. If I gave it some thought, I probably could. Yeah, but think I, I about it for the next show. We're going to follow up on this because this is going to be a big topic. You know, now. you know, there's a, there's another there's another topic that you have to that you're going to have to address if you're going to go into Taylor Ham. The question is, do you buy the original brand or do you buy the knockoffs? Because the knockoffs have different styles. Like there's this tangy stuff, yeah, the case. not tangy stuff. There's thin. There's yeah. thick. You know, regular Taylor Ham only comes in one style. I like you know, Taylor's the original. pork roll sliced thin from a deli, and then I like it cut with three cuts in it, and I like it crispy. Crispy. Okay, there we go. Yes. And it's all now being made by Taylor because Case burned down. Correct. And, You're uh, kidding. Yeah, Case yeah. burned down. And then down there's a few bootleg them. brands, too. Well, what about yeah. who, who's making the shop Who's making the shop brand? A bootleg company. There's a okay. there's a couple of bootleg companies. So wow. so Dan, while we're on the case of Taylor Ham, what's going on with the firearm ID cards for initial <laughs> applicants? A segue. <laughs> I thought this was I thought this was a food show. I understand. Yeah, almost. This is the we'll have to we'll do a food we'll do a food show one day. We are right, so back to back to the we do a food show the, every week, Dan. Yes, we do. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't invite me. Um, all right, let's get to the FID cards. So as everybody knows, yes. um, um, uh, in uh, First-time applicants for FID cards uh, and first-time applicants for permits to purchase a handgun are completely um, shut down because of the uh, the new uh, statute that was signed into law on July 5th, which requires, uh, which has a training requirement for first-time applicants and requires a thumbprint and um, photo for first-time applicants for the FID for the FID, um, and we have been. Uh, sort of very diligently uh, working with folks in Trenton trying to um, get NRA basic pistol, NRA basic rifle, and NRA basic shotgun approved by the superintendent of state police to satisfy that of uh, the, the training requirement. Um, and so I've, you know, I have nothing to report. I can't report anything now. We mm -hmm. don't have uh, we don't know. We don't have a result yet. 
but we're how long you know, do we wait before we have to do something because we're denying people their rights yeah and, that, point, and that's right? and i think i think everybody understands that um you know people 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 often ask um about the approach you know there are there are yes. different approaches um there's there's a time for litigation and there's a time for conversation and it's very important to know what the right time for each one is. You know, there are people mm -hmm. out there who are unsophisticated in these in these things, and their first reaction is, "Oh my God, let's sue them. Let's you know take it all the way to the Supreme mm -hmm. Court." Right? I mean, is that cliche? Um, and there's some, and, and there is a time to do that, but that's not always the thing you do. Um, and you know, one of the things that we try to do. And when I say we, I mean, uh, you know, uh, ANGRPC, NRA, um, uh, other organizations, you know, out there, my firm, um, the, the other lawyers who do this kind of stuff. Uh, one of the important things is to know the difference, to understand which things are the right things at the right time. And things change, right? I mean, you can start with one and you end up with another. Um, right now, we're in a conversation um, and uh, uh, we are... Uh, hopeful that um, we'll see some results, uh, and that's—I mean—that's really—you know—I can't get into the details mm -hmm. uh, because there aren't, really aren't any details to report. But um, you know, it's an ongoing process, um, and, uh, and and same as to this as to the other issues as well. So so the uh, NRA uh, you know basic courses uh, are perfect for this, as you know, they're the gold standard. They are—they've been around forever. Uh, they are they are accepted by pretty much everyone uh, for uh, for this kind of this kind of thing. So they're they're sort of ideally suited to solve that piece of the problem. Yes, and we'll see we'll see what happens. But you know we're we're sort of uh, cautiously optimistic. Sure, um, because if you push them too far, they could come up with a sixty-hour training thing, and then we'll end up in the courts for two years. Well, we'll be in court anyway, right? Exactly. So so yeah. you know you got you got to know you got to know what the right path is, and and. We might end up in litigation. I, I, you know, I can't promise people that this is going to that the, that the now, current approach is going to be successful. We might end up in court, but you got to know when to go to court and when to not go to court. And that's really correct. important. You, you now there see. are departments processing FID cards, uh, and there are departments taking the NRA basics of pistol. By the way, just so you know, they're you like know, I, until I, I, the I wasn't age. A, yeah, I actually in, wasn't aware of that. I yes. would want, that's interesting. Yes. Um, if if people can report that to the strike force because. All of that stuff gets compiled and gets a lot, um, and because we need to compare who's doing what. It, it, you know, each each uh, each piece of information that we get at Strikeforce is not a standalone piece of data. Um, we uh, we compare what's happening in different towns, in different counties, in different uh, uh, you know in, at different times. Uh, to understand the overall picture of who's who's causing problems, who's not causing problems, are, are, is this a real problem or is this is this not a real problem? You know, um, and so if folks can send that into Strikeforce, it's Strikeforce at anjrpc.org. Strikeforce at anjrpc.org. Um, we uh, we use all of the information. Some of it we're able to jump on more quickly. Some of it uh, takes time. It depends a good deal on the kind of issue. Um, uh, where it is, what it is, um, and so you know, so, some folks um, they send in a, a, an issue to strike force, and they may not understand why it's not being addressed immediately. And it's because well, a variety of things. First of all, we're getting a lot of stuff, but but one of the reasons why things don't get addressed immediately is because uh, when we triage this stuff, we triage in terms of um, uh, uh, among other things, in terms of how long it might take to to sort of address some things are more complex and require more complex solutions some things are a phone call you know and i can tell you you know like i mean you know as long as we're on, as long as we're on strike force i can say that um so far we're getting very good response from the towns um and it's, it's similar to you know the way strike force was working when it didn't include carry permits and now that strike force has been expanded to include the carry permit process um we're seeing a similar level of cooperation. Um, uh, in many instances, it's now now the carry pro permit process adds a new dimension um, because so many of these towns have never seen a carry permit application. Uh, you know, went back back before Bruin, um, there were so few applications that I think what one of the problems is they've never seen one. 
Uh, and so when they get their first application, in many instances, they don't know what to do. Um, they frequently look for guidance from either prosecutor's offices, the attorney general, the state police, things like that. Um, one, and, and one of the things that we're able to accomplish at Strikeforce is it, it's not unusual. We simply make a phone call and um, we get a response back. Okay, we've changed this. Now we're doing it the right way. So, uh, you know, it's, um, it's, it's, when we first, when we first started Strikeforce, it's actually kind of interesting. One of the thoughts was that we were going to see uh, immediate and aggressive pushback by towns and we were going to then figure out, okay, these are going to be the defendants in our first lawsuit, uh, first permitting lawsuit, and we'll be able to fill up the caption pretty readily. Okay, we're going to do this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, you know, this town, this town, this town, this town. And we were a little surprised to find out that that the level of cooperation we were getting was much much larger than we we expected. Um, and so Strikeforce morphed into from from a a, a kind of a, a pre-litigation type of uh, of uh, project into sort of this ongoing. Um, helping the towns understand how this is supposed to work type of project. Mm. Um, so it's actually been it's actually been fairly gratifying that we've gotten a great deal of cooperation uh, over the years and that we're getting a great deal of cooperation now. You know, the, the as, as I said, the added dimension now is that there are sort of new and different problems because we're t we've the, the we. The courts have now. The Supreme Court basically took a process that was very unfamiliar to many of these agencies, and uh, basically said, "Okay, now you have to do this." Um, that wasn't the case with FIDs and, and, and uh, permits to purchase because that system had been in place for many years. Everybody was doing it, so they really should have known how to do it. Now, there's a good deal of education involved. So, um, and you've also got the and you've also got the additional element that the courts are involved, and they didn't, you know, they weren't involved in uh, for the most part in. Um, FIDs and uh, and permits to purchase, other than in the case of an appeal, um, now they're directly involved. So there's an extra layer of um, of having to deal with problems, issues, and uh, reports from members and, and non-members. You know, so I'm sorry, you were you were about to say something. Uh, well, so you've been handling it with the towns and the police departments and stuff. How, the frustration I get, like especially like a New Jersey uh, firearm syndicate and emails I get. What do we What do we do now? It seems like many counties, the judges, because the judges really shouldn't be in on the permit approval process. Correct. What do well, we? They how do, but, how, but, but they are. So that's it's the, it's part of the process, and so you know they they also have to address how to do this. You know now. Um, the judges should be more familiar with it because um, even though there are very few, there were, used to be very few carry permits, um, you know, the, the, unlike, you know, there are 566 municipalities, so you could understand why many of them would never have seen a carry permit application before. But the, the, you know, the, courts, are, are, uh, the courts are more likely to have seen carry permits, carry permit applications. They've just, they've just never had to deal with uh, a regime where justifiable need doesn't serve as a barrier to the issuance of the permits. Um, so we're, we're seeing, you know, we're getting a variety of um, uh, decent amount of feedback f uh, on, a, on, a, on a variety of counties. Uh, we're getting a lot of complaints about Gloucester County um, mm -hmm. because what's happening in Gloucester County is that they appear to be number one requiring hearings in all cases, or at least appearances in all cases, um, which is really not authorized by statute. Um, and the apparently the the uh, we understand that there's only one quote unquote gun day a month, and so on the calendar, uh, they're only scheduling one firearms hearing day per month, which means getting on the calendar. Is taking a long time. If you have a lot of permit applications, um, in, you know, uh, on the docket, uh, and you're only scheduling, you're only, hear, you're only uh, hearing them once per month, but you're requiring appearances for everybody. People are getting pushed out on the calendar by months, um, which is really not appropriate. I mean, you know, it's, so it's, what do we it's do? Not just as the, well. So, so the, the, there are. We are again. We are attempting. We again, being NGRPC, um, are attempting to sort of. Uh, address these on a, on a at a high level, um, 
uh, to see what we can accomplish. We, we have a few different approaches that, we, that we're taking. Uh, and again, we're trying to have conversations um, and see where that goes. You know, um, you, you can't, it, it, is not, it is not beneficial to start fighting with everybody. Right up front, I, mean, I, mm-hmm. I, I, I kind of talked about that already, but you, you got to sort of decide which strategies uh, make the most sense at the right times. So, so we're dealing with the, those issues, trying to deal with those issues at a high level um, to see what sort of progress we can make, and we have to evaluate, you know, uh, how successful we're being, or how, or, or how successful we're not being. Um, and it's an ongoing process. I can tell you, you know, getting back to the uh, getting back to the FID uh, issue. Um, I, I didn't get to the other piece of it, which is how do you deal with the um, thumbprint and the photo uh, and the photo mm-hmm. um, as a practical matter. The, the issue there isn't how do you do that. The issue is implementing the process. To me, it should be easy enough, right? I mean, if you're a first-time applicant, then you're going to Identico and you're getting your fingerprints done, right? Um, and so, and, and when you do, and you get your fingerprints done, there's a thumbprint involved. So there is already a thumbprint. The question is, how do you integrate the thumbprint into the EFID card, right? That's a technology thing, right? Somebody's got to code that, or or somebody's got to develop software or do something to the platform to make that happen. Okay, that takes time. Um, if you're going, and, and I believe I could be wrong about this, but I believe Identico can do photographs. I think so. Again, if you're going to Identico anyway, because you have to. Is there a reason why they can't just also take your photo and integrate that into the whole package? Don't know, but how hard could it really be? Again, the problem is that's a coding thing. That's a software thing at minimum. And so that's going to take time. And the problem is what the legislature did was highly inappropriate. They, they made these conditions, the training requirement and the, the thumbprint and um, photograph requirement effective immediately without a phase-in period to allow the time for the development of procedures to put these things in place. Uh, it's highly inappropriate and, and grossly unconstitutional. Um, if you notice, the ammo, the ammo law has a phase-in period of, I think, 8 or 12 months. You know, uh, and so there's, there's plenty of time for retailers and the state to develop the appropriate electronic platforms to do the to, to comply with the requirements of ammo purchases you know once the statute comes into effect so legislature the legislature knows how to do this there's lots of things there are lots of things that require phasing periods uh of uh, the uh the uh the uh magazine law uh had a, a substantial phasing period uh because people had to make decisions as to, as to what to do with their magazines so the legislature knows how to do this they just chose not to in this instance and it's, it's completely inappropriate so that's what we're dealing with we're dealing with the fact that the legislature really screwed this up um uh, so so as to the as to the um you know we think nra basic pistol is, is an easy call i mean that that should be that, that should be something they should have no problem approving um the the logistics of the thumbprint and the photograph are not going to be done overnight and so they really ought to be instructing law enforcement the, the attorney general ought to be instructing law enforcement to continue permits processing um initial applications for fids and, and uh, permits to purchase as they have in the past until they can implement those procedures um you know so again We'll, we'll see where we get on that stuff um, uh, at some point. You know, at some point, if it turns out to be the case that we're not getting anywhere, you know, we'll probably have to go to court, but but we're hoping not to have to. You know. Now, what, uh, what's important, I want people to realize is, speaking of the judges, uh, you know, not having consistency county to county, town to town with the police departments and the FID card, one of the main reasons to have Dan on is we, we, we have a ton of new listeners and followers now, Dan, because so many people are having an awakening with Carrie in New Jersey, is when you post your frustrations, when are we going to sue? When are we going to do something? The goal of this, all of our longtime listeners know this already, but there are many things going on. There's phone calls, there's meetings, there's conversations, there's, you know, so much is going on. Scott had said this many, many weeks ago when uh, when the carry came out and the next day the attorney general came out and acquiesced and said, you know, we're dropping justifiable need. Uh, Scott turned around, Scott Bach turned around and said that Dan had been having conversations for weeks and weeks and weeks with the AG's office, preparing them that if that this is what happened with Bruin, this is where they were going to be. So that's why New Jersey was the first state pretty much to drop 
the justifiable need. So I want everybody to know that's why you should be supporting the ANJRP. PC and the NRA, because this also doesn't come cheap. Dan has Dan. Dan has a paralegal. He has an office. The ANJRPC, we're a volunteer organization, but we still have fees and, and marketing. And, you know, it's not cheap to do what we do and have attorneys spend all day calling up towns with cease and desist letters and working with the AG's office and other higher level conversations. So the A, your frustration levels, you have to calm down a little bit. This is all brand new. New Jersey for almost 100 years was used to processing 600 carry permits a year. Now all of a sudden they're looking at hundreds of thousands and you know people are adding unnecessary stuff and we've talked about this. Dan, how many times have you had a conversation where you've educated the department and they drop the ex- extra requirements many many yeah, times, it, right? That's very, it's, it's a pretty regular occurrence, and that's what that's why I say it, it, it's actually it works fairly well. Um, you know, look, there are absolutely there are absolutely agencies and municipalities out there that that would like to fight with us. That, that is, but but most of them are not interested in fighting. They're interested in in going about business in a way that works well and that's efficient and that's you know not so costly and and that's that's sort of the right thing. I mean, most of these folks want to do the right thing, um, and and that's good. That's the good news. Um, so, so we in, we in most in most instances, it's really a matter of education. It's just sort of sh- showing them why what they're doing is not proper and what the proper thing is doing. It, you know, doing we it. have so, yeah. a, a lot of our. Uh, customers come in and qualify and they're like my town is requiring the training uh qualification page to be notarized and we're like it's not in the requirements but you know what the notaries here this is not a hill to die on today you know do you want your entire application rejected because you had a a paper that wasn't notarized even though it wasn't is this a hill to die on dan yeah you know that's the thing people you know you got to pick your fights yes there's a hierarchy of issues you know there are some very minor issues that are annoying um but but again not the not the hill to die on uh, you know when you know when the when the entry level uh when the entry level uh, uh credential to be to exercising your second amendment right to keep bare arms has come to a gra- grinding halt that's a very high priority you know getting the fid uh permit to purchase thing resolved is literally stopping people from becoming firearms owners. It's literally stopping people from exercising their their right to keep their arms. And so you gotta compare, you know, the the egregious and extremely constitutionally serious issues with the issues that are uh, are simply uh, not as grave. They're all problems. They're all frustrating. And, and you know, I'm, I'm you know I'm a, I'm a firearms owner, so I have to f- apply for the same permits everybody else does, and it's aggravating and frustrating when you run into these some ridiculous things. But it's very important that people recognize. And by the way, we want to hear about everything. I don't, I don't want I don't want any of your listeners to conclude, oh well, then my issue is not important enough, so I'm just not going to say anything. We want to hear about all of it, because mm-hmm. first of all, um, I would rather that people over complain. And let us do the triage and figure out which issues are the higher priorities, which issues are the lower priorities, rather than someone sort of mistakenly conclude, oh, my issue is not that important, when it may turn out to be the case that their issue is very, very, very serious and requires immediate attention. Um, you know, so I, I, would, I would ask that people don't, don't, uh, don't say to themselves, you know what, this isn't that important, so they're not, they're not interested in this. We're interested in all of it. Um, let us do the triage. Let us sort of prioritize and figure out which things, first of all, can be dealt with immediately and have to be dealt with immediately, which is uh, versus other things which are going to need a much more uh, nuanced uh, approach and, uh, you know, things like that. So so that's, you know, I don't, I don't want people to get the wrong message that uh, we don't want to hear from them. We want to hear from everybody. Have you um, had anybody that you called up say, F you, take us to court? No, not yet. Ah, not yet. And that's, that's, and that's, that's my point. We're very, we're very pleased with the cooperation we're getting. Uh, and look, that doesn't mean we're not going to have that. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it is, it is uh, much rarer than we originally thought years ago when we started this whole thing, uh, which is good. Which is, you know, a testament to the fact that people, you know, people would rather work things out than fight. Um, you know, obviously there are some people who want to fight out there, uh, and, and we'll fight with them. We are fighting with them because you know. And that's the thing. You know, we, we, going back to what you were saying about you know uh, why aren't we suing? Why aren't we suing? You know, <laughs> your longtime listeners know how much litigation we do, 
and you know longtime members know how much litigation we do but for 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 you know new listeners they they should be aware though we have we have quite a few cases going on uh, you know obviously the magazine case that's been going on for four years which we're now which i talked about at the beginning of the show um the uh the uh the Masary case which is the carry case that we brought while bruin was pending we brought um a carry case in new jersey to kind of to to, to as a as a, 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 a to implement what we were hoping that would happen in Bruin, and that's kind of, we're sort of working on a resolution of that uh, right now. Of course, we had the Rogers case before that, um, you know, which uh, which the Supreme Court uh, did not hear. Uh, they, they rejected that back uh, a couple of years ago, and they ended up taking the Bruin case. Um, we've got, uh, we just filed a new case. We have, uh, we've just filed a case challenging the assault firearm statute. So we're, we're quite prepared to litigate where appropriate, and we do it all the time. Um, and so, you know, for, for the, uh, we're also involved in, uh, in the uh, joint case with, um, um, uh, Farmers Policy Coalition and the Second Amendment Foundation, uh, the Kendrick case, which is the challenge to the, the permitting, uh, the entire permitting process. They were kind enough to invite us into, to join in that case. And that's, uh, ah. and it's, it's the, it's like the big 10 case. I like to call it because it's a, a lot of groups involved and it's, it's kind of nice to, to sort of be involved in the case where everybody's working together. Um, it's so the yeah, firearms we're, we're, ID card case, you mean? This is yes. This is yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and so you know we're 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 not strangers to litigation. We do it all the time. Uh, we do it well, and we're not afraid of it. And and, and the people, and and the defendants out there know that they they you know they they know that we we know when to litigate and how to litigate. And that you know, it's uh, so it's it's really this message is really for the the newcomers who to the to the to the program and to the process that that we will uh, we do and will litigate when we need to. Um, and I love to educate people. Believe me, that's why we started this show. But sometimes you, uh, the frustration is, you know, I had a guy, uh, I have top secret clearance. I don't need prints for my carry permit. I said, no, you do. And then he wants to, like, fight me. No, I don't. Okay? <laughs> then you don't. That's fine. That's 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 fine. Submit that's your application. That's works out. Yeah. Submit your application. So, Dan, while you were talking about it, so we have the assault weapons case. We have the magazine case. We have the firearms ID card case. Why don't you give us an update of what you're what you're working on well, uh, before, and what we got. Oh. Before you do that, let's take a break uh, okay. and, and do some housekeeping. All right. And uh, then Dan can ruminate on that. Thank you. Go Are ahead. we Yep. Ready? Yep. Yeah, yes. Okay. Marty's V-Burger. Marty's V-Burger.com. Mention Gun for Hire or Gun for Hire Radio. Get 20% off your entire order. You can order it online at Marty's V-Burger.com and pick it up on in uh, Freakin' Vegans in Prospect Park on Freakin' Fridays. Uh, if you need legal defense fund in New York, the only one that is legit is NY TAC Defense. NY TAC Defense. Mention Gun for Hire and Peter Tillum will give you a 10% discount. If you live in New Jersey, U.S. Law Shield, U.S. Law Shield, one word, gun for hire, and you get 10% off as well. We have the brochures at the range here. New gun owners, old gun owners, people that have been shooting for a while, decoding firearms by John Petrolino, Amazon, Kindle, and, of course, here at Gun for Hire. The Gun Lawyer Podcast, exposing the truth about the laws designed to strip you of your freedoms by Evan Knappen. Listen up. Support those who support you. The Quarantine Crawl, quarantinecrawl.com. Dan Schmutter of Hartman Winnicky in Ridgewood. We did a quarantine crawl during the COVID lockdown because we have to support those who support you. And Dan will tell you at the end of the show what he specializes in at his law firm so you can continue to support him. I had a gentleman come in yesterday and asked me a, a legal question. And I said, uh, he asked me for a lawyer and I gave him Dan's firm. I said, I don't even know if he specializes in that, but you call him and tell him I sent you and if he doesn't he'll refer you to somebody else because that's how we're supposed to do it uh optimal health wellness nj optimal health wellness nj if you want concierge medicine like me and many many of our listeners dr joseph sambatero is the man to have no more waiting for doctor's appointments i just referred somebody to a pro 2a general practitioner who needs a physical for his carry permit because he has a physical disability and the doctor i referred him to had a would not take him until March as a new customer, so I removed that doctor from the quarantine crawl. By the way, uh, Lake Island Rifle and Pistol Club, lakeis.org. They're in Carteret, New Jersey, and they're looking for junior rifle members between the ages of 12 and 18 years old to learn firearm safety and compete in small bore and air rifle competition. 
Zen Float Center in Scotch Plains. Ask for Sharon Decker. She's on Park Avenue in Scotch Plains, Zen Float Center. If you go down to uh, Oki Finoki, where Sandy lives, we have Crossroads <laughs> Kitchen with a K. Crossroads Kitchen. And we have Just Sean's, J-U-S-T-S-H-O-N-S dot com. And then my guy, George Semberless of Mortgage Unlimited. George T at MortgageUnlimited.com. Then we have Guiding Reigns, R-E-I-N-S, which is Equine Therapy, Trauma, Post-Traumatic Stress Disorder, GuidingReigns.org. Check them out. Teresa and the gang from the CNJFO are hosting in October another D.C. project in New Jersey. Senator Durr, Mark Cheeseman, Senator Testa, Kelly Pedgen from Armed and Feminine will be there as well as many, many others. Go to dcproject.info. Check it out. It's going to be in New Jersey. Teresa is a great person. She'd love to have you there. Also, go to the CNJFO website, cnjfo.com, and click the donation tab. J Factor has a case with David Jensen, uh, another lawsuit to get rid of some of this extraneous stuff, and they're looking for uh, donations, and CNJFO is doing a matching fund drive for it right now. Uh, J Factor will be on again, um, I believe, next week. We're going to set it up. And uh, we'll, be, we'll be talking more about that. So going back to ANJRPC and NRA, support those who support you. So, Dan, uh, continue now. I wanted you to talk about the, uh, the other cases that you're working on. Like I said to, in the beginning, I apologize if I don't get to all your letters and questions. It's, uh, it's, it's, We've got to get Dan on once in a while, and he's got to you know, update all of us. I find it extremely important. And we get a lot of emails, Dan, that you're one of our favorite guests on the show. So uh, that should blow his head up really good. Right, Sandy? Yeah, that's very, that's very nice to hear. Everybody yes. is very kind. That's, that's very nice. So, um, so let me let me, me let me let me let me address three very important things. Important thing number one is, as Sandy mentioned before the break, that uh, I was going to ruminate on some of this stuff, and I'm tr- and I know that I yes. had a sandwich before the show. Nice. Does that mean I'm supposed to? Does that mean I'm supposed to chew my cud? I'm not it really does. sure when you say ruminate. Yes, yes, you, know, yes, you could. Uh, okay, just just important because. Uh, that's uh, that's. I don't want to leave that out there un, un, unspoken. Uh, thing, we do know that lawyers have two stomachs, so. Right. Oh. <laughs> exactly. Well, there's a yeah. the stomach for court and a stomach, and their regular digestive stomach. This is true. Right. Right. Exactly. You exactly. know, as a medical yeah. professional, I can I can attest to this. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> um, Thing number two is, and of course you would have no reason you would have no reason to know this, um, but you're talking about specializing and specializing and specializing. Actually, lawyers are not allowed to say they specialize in something ah. unless uh, the the uh, court has has established um, a, a formal recognition of something as a specialty. And, and some sometimes courts do that; they have a certificate of this. You're a certified this. You're a certified that. Um, and and that's what that's what's required to say that you specialize in something. So as lawyers, we're not actually allowed to say that. I, I know you would not have known that. I just that you said it re- multiple times, so I wanted to sort of make people just be aware that that's not something we're allowed to say. Um, hmm, I um, know that. And, and thing number three, this is uh, this is uh, I actually want to raise this because this is something that a lot of people aren't aware of. So and this is there's a little bit of promotional material here, but it, it actually segues very nicely into the topic. Um, and that is, uh, you know, my firm, as you know, my firm does a, a great deal of estate planning, wills, trusts, things like that, huh. um, and estate administration. Um, and what comes up from time to time is how people should deal with firearms in their will. Um, mm. And uh, that is something that we have paid some attention to, uh, and we've sort of integrated those those concepts together. Uh, and so we advise clients about how to deal with those uh, that special circumstance. Um, as as most of your listeners know, or perhaps all of your listeners know, you know, firearms are regulated in a very very special way. And so um, it's not uh, it is not so simple as disposing of cash or a house uh, or a car or whatever uh, as dealing with firearms in your will. So, so um, something that we've been thinking a lot, of, a lot about uh, over the years is how can we serve our clients who both need estate planning and come to us for a will or a trust 
and also our firearms owners. And that's, uh, you know, that's something that we've put a lot of thought into. And, and it's important because it's not, it's not so easy. So many wills don't address that because people don't often think about that. Uh, it's not, you know, it's not on a lot of, a lot of lawyers' checklists. You know, lawyers who do wills tend to have checklists, you know, show, you know, tell me this asset, this asset, this asset, this asset, what account do you have here? What do you have a business? Do you have a, a, a retirement account? Do you have all these things? But firearms are, are, are often not thought of. And so uh, I just wanted to, I wanted to get the message out there to your listeners that that is actually a very important thing. And it's something that we've paid a lot of attention to. So, so seek out Hartman, Winnicky, Dan Schmutter in Ridgewood, New Jersey, and get those wills and trusts set up, ladies and gentlemen. Don't wait until it's too late. Somebody might sneak up behind you and choke you out because you don't put ketchup on your Taylor ham sandwich. <laughs> people actually, it's actually very interesting. People really, a lot of people do not think of wills. Uh, when they should be, you know, you, you, yep. more people need wills than people think, you know, in fact, yep. most people need wills. Um, you don't have to have a very complex uh, or large estate to nevertheless, you know, uh, um, have a good reason to go to a lawyer to get a will. And please go to a lawyer. If it's, even if it's not us, go to a lawyer to get a will. Please don't get it off the internet. Please don't use any of those prepackaged things. <laughs> it doesn't have to be us. But please go to a lawyer. Yeah. Who knows what they're going? Please. Um, and even if you're not, you know, even if you're not a, a very, very wealthy person, um, wills are important for people of all, you know, uh, all shapes and sizes and all uh, financial situations. Yes. Anyway, that's so. That's that's that message. I, I just think that's really important. No, that's very I, important. I, I, Thank you. I, I come across I come across all sorts of people um, who tell me oh you know i don't have a will and they're and at their age and in their situation i i'm astonished that they didn't they either don't have a will or they got a they like have an internet will you know mm -hmm. it's, it's just yeah. it makes sense. internet no uh, just 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 thought i would uh, throw that out there thank you daniel um so you know th that is uh that is let me ask you a question are, are there any particular uh, concerns that people have that you've been hearing about because um, we've been getting a lot of stuff in Strike Force, and it's it's of a of a, of a wide variety of issues. Um, you know, we're we're getting uh, a lot of these questions about um, you know the county's doing this, the courts are doing that, my police department is doing this. They, they you know they're being they're, they're waiting for guidance. I mean, it's a lot of uh, a lot. It's it's kind of all over the place. But what are you hearing? What, what's what's what are the largest issues that you're hearing that um, maybe we have seen in Strike Force, maybe we haven't seen in Strike Force, uh, Anthony? No, I get them all and I send them right to you. I I, okay. I either forward them to you or send them to you. The biggest thing now is the the black hole of you know everybody's trying to say, well, we can sue because of the sixty day, thirty day rule, which we know you know we've lost that in court twice with the thirty day rule with issuing of FID cards and pistol permits. But uh, and again, is that the hill to die on right now? Because I also believe I've spoken to numerous. Um, judges that that shoot at the range that aren't part of the gun procedure and they're like you know this is they're inundated and it's it's being worked out and it's being sorted out of course you're going you're going to have some outliers out there that are fighting it but but you you get everything right from the horse's mouth whatever i have dan i send to you it's right now as people are concerned about that the judges are going to put up the roadblocks here uh more than anybody else i think because of strike force and education and what, watching what other towns are doing I think most towns have gotten in line now because they're like, well, you know, Clifton's doing it right. So I'm Hawthorne. I went on their website and they're doing it. I've had multiple, multiple police departments come in and visit, watch us do our qualifications and then say, can I steal this from your website? Can I steal this? I'm like, yeah, take whatever you want, please. Whatever it'll do to make the communication easier. And I've had police officers call me up numerous times with questions you know how are you doing this and when somebody asks that so i again i see the positive vibe again there's going to be outliers but we'll handle it right we'll handle yeah it. yeah and also in, ter in terms of time frames it's, it's important that people recognize which time frames apply to which things okay uh the 60-day thing applies to the chief of police the 30-day uh time frame has to do with appeals from denials also there's a um there is a, uh, a 30 day time frame that was developed in connection with the Carlstrom case involving uh, uh, denials by the Superior Court. So, th not everything has a time frame. So, it's important mm -hmm. that people, it's easy for people to conflate a time frame as to one part of a, a process 
with a with a part of the process that does not have a deadline. So, you know, they it's it certainly uh, it's certainly uh, uh, fine for people to pay attention to that stuff. I just want to uh, just to want to warn people that if they're hearing either on the internet, social media, from their friend or from whatever, oh, they didn't do something within X number of days, that may or may not be accurate because there are, like I said, certain timeframes for certain pieces of certain of certain processes. Um, and it's very easy to uh, confuse one time frame with a, something that either has a different time frame or doesn't even ha- or doesn't have one in the statute. Uh, so that's important. So, so what other the, you have the assault weapons case? Yeah, right? assault weapons case is just getting going. That's that's brand new. Um, we think that's we think it's very strong, um, and we think that uh, Bruin. We think that under Bruin, it, it, we we hope it will do very well. Uh, so that's brand new. Um, the magazine case, you know, we talked about a lot. Um, you, you know, again, we, 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 we're hoping for good things in that case. And, and, and we, we have, you know, what's interesting about the magazine case and the assault firearm case is that these, there are similar cases in multiple parts of the country um, uh, on remand or just getting going. So these issues, these issues could be the next issue that gets to the Supreme Court. Um, you know, there's no way to predict when the Supreme Court's going to be interested in hearing another Second Amendment case. Um, you know, unlike the, unlike the, you know, the the ten years between uh, the, I'm sorry, the twelve years between the McDonald decision and the Bruin decision, um, we know right now at least there there's sort of a critical mass of justices on the court that that take this issue very seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't know how long that's going to last. Um, we don't know which issues they are going to find compelling or interesting, um, and you know, and they all and they also tend not to take one after the next, after the next, after the next, right? So they just handed down a gigantic decision. You know, it's unclear when they're going to be ready for the next one, you know, or if they're going to be ready for the next one. But what I think we don't have to worry about for now um, is: are there enough justices that are serious about the Second Amendment? We know that there are. Um, it's these other it's these other issues of timing and substance that, you know, we can't we can't predict with uh, with any great accuracy. Um, so, but but that that is to say that that magazines and uh, black rifles, so to speak, as, as we like to say in the mm-hmm. in the business, um, are are pretty fertile because there's a there's a whole series of cases out there on these issues coming from a, a number of different courts. The Ninth Circuit, Ninth Circuit has some of this stuff. Ninth Circuit covers California, Hawaii, uh, you know, Washington, Oregon, that, that you know, Arizona. Um, obviously, we're in the Third Circuit. There's stuff in the Second Circuit coming out of New York on, on various things. So there's 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 some there's some fertile stuff. There's Massachusetts, uh, uh, in the First Circuit. So there's 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 some uh, um, simultaneous litigation taking place on some of these very uh, large and fertile issues. You know, people should understand that the more unique and unusual an issue is, the less likely it's going to it's going to get the attention of the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court is tends to be more interested in issues that are going to have broad effect. Um, that's going to that are going to affect a large number of people in large parts of the country, where there uh, is controversy in multiple places. Yeah. Um, things like that, because the court has a limited limited docket they only take a you know handful of cases every year and if they're going to take a case it's going to be more likely to be one where you have a large number of people involved uh, very significant rights involved and something where they can clarify uh very important issues of law uh, across the board so you know that's why it's helpful that these issues are percolating in multiple places like the magazines and and and, uh, and so-called assault firearms um, that's those kinds of issues might get the attention of the court uh, much more readily than something that's very unique to, you know, we, we have, um, as people know, we have some very unusual stuff going on in New Jersey. Um, and the more unusual or unique it is, um, the less appealing it is to other, you know, uh, to other parts of the country. It doesn't mean the court wouldn't hear it. Um, it just means it's less likely to draw their attention immediately because mm-hmm. of these other broader issues. But, you know, I look, I mean, one of the nice things, one of the, I shouldn't say nice, but, you know, the more... The more New Jersey tries to follow New York, um, that 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 puts that puts these issues that tees these issues up in the, in two circuits: the second circuit and the third circuit. And then if California follows, that's the ninth circuit. Ninth, yep. You know, then if Maryland follows, that's the fourth circuit. So the more they the more they copycat each other, the more lawsuits 
in more parts of the country and more courts there are, all they're doing is they're putting up a giant red siren for the Supreme Court to, to pay attention and to and to say, oh, that's a really big problem. We, we may want to consider uh, addressing it. So, you know, um, it's not great when they copycat each other because what happens is the these issues start to infect other parts of the country, but they also are more likely to draw the attention of the Supreme Court. So, you know, you take the, you take the good with the bad, that kind of thing. Yeah, so... Uh what do you think the odds are that our assault weapons case, uh, we're going to lose all of the evil features in New Jersey? Uh, hard to say. You know, again, because because Bruin is brand new, it, we haven't seen. So the couple of things we haven't really seen percolate yet. This is going to this is going to um, affect what happens. Um, we haven't seen what the arguments on the other side are going to be. Right. Um, we're also still developing our own theories and arguments as well. Uh, and we don't know what the courts are going to do. Don't forget, you know, when Helen McDonald came down, this was all brand new back then. Um, no one really knew what approach the courts were going to take just at the sort of the, uh, at the initial level. What, what, what's, the, what's the procedure for dealing with these kinds of cases? What do you do? What is the court supposed to do? And the Court of Appeals for the Third Circuit um, uh, sort of set the mold for that, in, you know, in a case called Marzarella, this two-step, mm -hmm. this two-step process that got stricken in Bruin, came out of the Third Circuit here, uh, you know, our Third Circuit, and so uh, everybody followed them, but nobody knew what that was going to look like until it happened. So courts are going to have to, you know, the first courts that deal with this are going to kind of, in a sense, to a certain extent, set the mold. Some courts will follow them. Some courts will disagree with them. And we'll see. We'll see what arguments the antis are making in these kinds of cases um, and uh, in response to our arguments. And we'll see what courts end up doing with them. Uh, but but what's, what's, what I, I've said this repeatedly, um, what's nice about Bruin is Bruin gives us a really good, really good roadmap um, to try to address that stuff. Um, and it's, you know... Um, there's really very little about it that I would that I would have done differently. It's really, it's really, you know, it's really, uh, it's really a really great decision. It really provides us with a lot of uh, ammunition, uh, no pun intended, eh, pun intended. <laughs> why not? Um, to do what we need to do. So again, we'll see how it gets implemented. We'll see how they try to argue uh, around it, and we'll see what the courts end up doing. You know, nobody should be under nobody should be under any misconception that the courts are now our friends. You know, there are still courts out there that uh, that do not like this issue, and are not uh, uh, are not uh, enthusiastic about ruling for us uh, when we're right. Um, but again, we'll have to see what they do. We'll have to see which arguments. The, uh, are marshaled by the uh, by the states, and which, if any of them, get some traction in the courts, and you know, we'll respond accordingly. Wow, wow, we got a lot going on, but it feels good to have that one win, though, doesn't it, Dan? What was it? Yeah, doesn't it feel good to have that? It's a big, win? it's a, it's a big one. <laughs> yeah. Yes. No. No. The, the it's the one that counts. It's the one that it's the you know. Um, it's it feels great. It feels great. It's it's very. It was very frustrating uh, since 2010. Since McDonald, it was very frustrating to see what the courts were doing. You know, and uh, so it's it's a nice change. It's a nice change. It, it you know it, it makes you feel like there's a path. Um, you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be a long, uh, a difficult, and costly path. But there's a path, and and we've got to we've got to walk it. And we've got to get to the other side. And we've got to just, you know, trudge through and, and make it happen. Beautiful. Dan, uh, again, tell us a little bit about your firm. We need a plug from you because you, you're so gracious to us all the time. Uh, the firm is Hartman and Winicky. We are in Ridgewood, New Jersey. Uh, of course, we do uh, the, the civil rights work that I talk about all the time, Second Amendment, First Amendment. Um, but we do uh, business law transactions, real estate, lots of estate planning and estate administration, wills and trusts, things like that. We represent small companies, large companies, individuals. I mean, we really, it's a, it's a very good general purpose firm for both small, uh, you know, for, for individuals and small businesses, as well as large companies and you know, everything you want to see. So, um, you know, give us a call and there's a good chance we can help you out with what you need. Please support those who support you. Next week, Jay Factor will be on the show talking about his case update, and we're going to be talking about CNJFO and some other updates. Sandy, close it for us. 
Well, I just want to let everybody know, guidingreins.org, if you are suffering from any type of PTSD, spinal cord injury, TBI, uh, depression, or whatever, and you are a uh, veteran or a first responder, reach out to them. If you've got an extra five bucks or ten bucks burning a hole in your pocket and want to do something really good with it instead of going out and buying a Taylor ham, egg, and cheese sandwich with, with, ketchup. with ketchup on it, uh, you <clears> could uh, also reach out to them and click the donate page. Uh, we would all appreciate it very much. And it looks like you've done it again. You've wasted yet another perfectly good hour listening to Gun For Hire Radio. Gun For Hire Radio is a counterfeit media production. The music used in this broadcast was managed by Cosmo Music New York, New York. On behalf of our show host, master trainer Anthony Calandro, author of Crime Proof, Think Like a Criminal and Beat Them at Their Own Game. We do love you guys. Dan, thank you so very much for being with us and sharing everything that you do with us and for all that you do for the 2A community. Uh, we love you guys. God willing, Jesus, Towers and the batteries hold out. We will see you again next week. And I'm going to Caroline.